This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hey, how y'all doing? Praise God. You know, this is the day the Lord's made. So what are we going to do? And what else? Yeah, rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to welcome all of you this morning. Glad you can be with us. Praise God. We had such a a great Faith Life conference with Marty and Joe. And uh, if you were unable to attend, you can certainly watch the podcasts if you go out to uh, our site and then you can uh, get in on that. It was wonderful. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about our future. Amen. Now, if you look at everything going on in the world, you could get a little discouraged. But thank God, the Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven. And so thank God while we are here, He preserves, He protects, He keeps, He sustains, He puts us over. Everything the devil meant for evil or means for evil, God's going to turn into good. Aren't you glad for that? So we can rejoice. We can be glad. Praise God. we got so much to look forward to. Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. He said, if I go, I'll come again and receive you unto myself so that you can be with me. Glory to God. It's going to be good. I said, it's going to be good. I remember when I was 25 years old, actually even younger than that, my wife and I, we were married, you know, and uh, just getting started and family and all this and that and the other. I remember uh, uh, one of our cousins, I believe on her side, uh, there was a uh, advertisement in the paper and um, of course, you know, it used to be there was papers all, you know, use papers now, you know, you don't even have papers, but they had this paper and uh, <clears throat> they were celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. And I looked at that and I thought, man, they are old. <laughs> so now, <laughs> 40 some years later, uh, uh, we're just enjoying life. And I guess the reason I bring up that whole matter is, is that, uh, You know, when the scriptures tell us that our lives are but a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away, it really is true. The 70, 80, 90, or 100 years, or whatever it is you got going on, is brief. And certainly it's brief. And this is a concept I don't think any of us can get our head wrapped around, but it's certainly brief in in the context of eternity, forever. You know, and so we have so much to look forward to. And um, um, but anyway, I I appreciate so much all of you that were involved with our Faith Life Conference that helped us financially to uh, care for the needs of our guests that were here. John Tash did a fabulous job with our children. And uh, so that was uh, uh, a real added plus and benefit and and really gracious. So anyway, thank you again. And then also I want to mention to you now, don't come to church this Wednesday or Tuesday or any other night this week, okay? Because you'll be alone. You'll drive through the parking lot and go, where is everybody? Because uh, we won't be having church during um, the Thanksgiving week. And uh, so we'll just get it right here, right now. Praise God, and we'll be blessed. Amen. Did y'all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, if you can find that opening. I want to talk about um, the cause for Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. You know, of course, we're going to be getting together. I assume that you'll maybe get together with friends, perhaps family, 
and things of that nature. And I just want to talk with you uh, this morning a little bit about uh, that whole dynamic because the scriptures encourage us to be thankful. And a lot of times in the world in which we live, um, that often um, uh, can be crowded out uh, within our lives or suppressed, maybe uh, is a better way of putting it, because of just life, just stuff that we have to deal with. But thank God we can praise God anyway. Amen? And so I just want to talk with you just a little bit about that this morning. So let's bow our heads, we'll pray, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you. Father, we love you, and again, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather in the name of Jesus. And Father God, as we come together, Father, we're so grateful for your goodness, your mercy, and Father God, everything that you have done for us. God, help us to understand the truth of your word. Help us not only in understanding, but to be doers of the word. And I thank you, Father, that as we do so, it will produce predictable results. It will produce grace and blessing within our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. You know, in the natural, it's not uncommon, you know, different events and things like that, you know, occasions that we get together. There's always, there, there can be Thanksgiving, there's celebration, you know, somebody's getting married, uh, maybe somebody's coming home, you know, we got our son Greg, our middle son, it's coming home tonight, going to be with us for a week, and we're excited, praise God. And so we're going to celebrate that. We're going to rejoice and, and give God thanks. And, and it can happen a lot of different, you know, maybe it's an accomplishment, you know, something that you've achieved or someone in your family family or a friend of yours is achieving. So, so, so we're thankful. We celebrate. We rejoice in a natural kind of way. Well, the same thing's true spiritually. I mean, there's some things that our Heavenly Father has done for us, done for you, child of God. You know, I tell you what, we've got such a great reason to rejoice. And I just, you know, <clears throat> want to talk with you a little bit about that. Again, because of the, 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 the oppressive nature of the world that is around us. You know, Paul talked about the perilous times that were coming and, you know, and, and uh, the things that evil men and seducers would become worse and worse. And so we see all of that. We see the corruption. We see the, 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 um, the lostness of people. And without any compass or guide, and, and um, you know, the Bible speaks of even Lot when he was in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, how that his righteous soul was vexed daily because of the things, the behavior, and all of the things that he's seen, seen going on around him. Well, it's no different than today, you know, all of these kinds of things. But thank God for the child of God. For the believer, we don't have to, you know, go down that path. Thank God we can go down another one. Can you say amen? And we can rejoice. Hallelujah. Not in a denial kind of way, but I tell you what, thank God we can live within the boundaries of our own being and relationship with God and rejoice and be blessed, praise God, because we're his and because heaven's going to be our home. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't negate what it is that's going, around, going on. But there's many scriptures in the Old Testament that instruct us about being thankful to, to God. Now, again, you know, sometimes people go through a hard time and, you know, they experience hardship in their life. And, and, and it can solicit a response like, well, what have I got to be thankful for? 
you know. I mean, we've all done that. I mean, we've all been in those cases before. But I tell you what, praise God, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, both in the good times and in the bad. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But here's some scriptures I just want to share with you quickly that's in the Bible that I believe will be a blessing to you. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song, which we just got done doing. Hallelujah. And will magnify him with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And you know, if there's anything that you take away from this morning, I would like to exhort and encourage you to verbally be more thankful. Okay? And I, and I say that, you know, uh, maybe there's expressions of people, you know, doing things for you, you know, in the natural uh, that, that you can be thankful for. But I'm talking about a verbal thank you to him frequently, regularly as a, well, way of life. You know, because praise God. He said, I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 95 says this, oh, come. Come on. Hallelujah. Don't you, you, see, you, you read the scriptures, you know, and the psalmist is going, hey, join me. He said, oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving hallelujah and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms for the lord is a great god and a great king above all gods hallelujah aren't you glad for that and then of course you're familiar with psalm 100 it says make a joyful noise unto the lord all ye lands serve the lord with gladness come before his presence with singing know ye that the lord he is god that he has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. That's really what we did this morning. As we start, we come to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Some people will say, you know, your expression of, uh, of worship's a little different than ours. Yeah, we're excited. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, wouldn't it be a bummer to go to a dead uh, worship service? You know, no, huh? Let's let's get excited. So he says, "We are his people, sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name." Why? Why? Why should we do that? For the Lord is good. Didn't we sing that this morning? I tell you, God is good. He is so good. He, and this is a reason why we can be thankful for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to every generation. And then Psalm 107, 22 says, let them and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. You know, sometimes in your life that can be exact. It, that's exactly what it is. We don't feel like it. We don't want to. Things aren't going good and we got to praise him anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the psalmist, again, won't take time in Psalm 45. He said, he asked him his own soul. He says, why are you cast down in me? Why are you disquieted in me? He said, hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him. Sometimes you got to have a little talk with yourself. Huh? You know, again, you know, because of all the things that are going on in the world around us. But he said, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works 
with rejoicing. And then finally, Psalm 147.7 says, Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. You know, I was thinking about this. I was meditating that scripture. I said, how in the world do you, it says, sing praise upon the harp. How's that work? I mean, you know, like these guys are up here on these guitars, singing praise on their guitar. Or, you know, you get Aaron in that drum cage and he turns into animal and away he goes. For the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. To rejoice in his goodness and his mercy. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. As believers, at least it appears to me that you and I, we have a mandate to be thankful and to thank God every day and every moment of our life. In your text here, Ephesians chapter 5, notice what it says here in verse, uh, now well, let's start with verse 18. And bring, uh, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, singing or speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And now notice, giving thanks how often? Always. Say it again. Always. Yeah, giving thanks always for all things unto God and um, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, the child of God ought to have a lifestyle of thanksgiving, shouldn't he? Amen. In the good times and in the bad. Why? Because thank God the Lord is on our side. And we don't have to fear what men can do unto us. There's another scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16. It says to rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Now notice it says, and in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now I want to talk with you for just a moment, a little side journey here. You'll notice in the text that we read here, in Ephesians, in chapter 5, uh, this, this uh, 20th verse, it says, giving thanks for all things, for all things. In this scripture that I just read to you in 1 Thessalonians, it says, in everything, give thanks. And the reason I bring this to your attention is, is because, unfortunately, you know, people have mistakenly thought that we should be thanking God for everything that happens in our lives, good or bad. But you know, there are a lot of things that happen in our lives that are not good, and we shouldn't thank God for it. Amen? Now, I don't know how we've done this. Well, I do know, religiously, you know, people will try to explain and, you know, uh, placate, do all kinds of things when it comes to the bad things that happen in people's lives. You know, uh, there was a book recently, well, it's been a while back, written, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And so there's an explanation that's given to that. I think primarily because we live in a fallen world. And the God of this world is out to kill, steal, and to destroy. I mean, I mean, that's a broad stroke of the brush. But I think it's important for you, child of God, to know that God is not the author of a lot of things that happen in people's lives, and you shouldn't be thanking him for it. Are you listening to me? I'd be like, you know, my wife and I, and we were raising our kids, and our child goes out and gets in an accident or something like that, or maybe his life is lost or whatever. Am I going to thank God for that? Certainly not. Okay? I mean, it doesn't even make reasonable sense for us to do that. And yet, <clears throat> in religious kinds of circles, 
That's exactly what, well, you know, God had some, you know, reason for this, excuse me, you know, and so we just need to praise God for it. That ain't never going to happen with me. I said, that's not going to happen because I don't believe that those things are at all the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. Amen. You know, husbands and wives, couples, you know, they've lost children, things of this nature for one reason or another. And, uh, and we're supposed to thank God that he had some ultimate purpose in all of this. You know, it, it, it defies human reasoning. Are you listening to me? You say, well, then how do you explain it? Well, there's a lot of things, you know, that's way above my pay grade. But I'll tell you this much about it. We live in a world that has a curse upon it and stuff happens. Now, can God redeem? Yes. Does he redeem? Yes. Will there be repayment? Yes. I mean, all of those things. I was reading this book by Richard Sigmund. He went to hell or no, he went to heaven. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. He died for about eight hours and he was taken to heaven. And um, he was talking about the fact that when you go to heaven, somehow or another, the people in heaven know you're coming. And so it's like they all gather to meet you. Isn't that going to be awesome? I mean, glory to God, you know, loved ones, family, friends, they're all going to be, hey, you know, it's going to be awesome. Well, he was talking about this one uh, gal. She was quite elderly. And, um, but uh, when, she, when she came into heaven, when you come to heaven, now don't ask me to explain this, but, you know, you kind of get refurbished back to about a uh, 20-something-year-old or whatever, you know. Hey, can you get excited about that? <laughs> Come on now. Well, the thing of it is, is that uh, she had lost a child when she was uh, early in her marriage. And um, when she got there, this child was there waiting for her. And, and what he had communicated was, is that God had preserved this child as a child until the mother got to heaven so she could raise the child. Hallelujah. So, you know, I mean, is that cool or what? You know what I'm saying? And so I think that, you know, there's, the Apostle Paul said that, you know, we look through a a glass or a a mirror dimly. We don't don't know everything. We don't see everything. But, you know, when we sang that song this morning that God is good, it is in fact the truth. He's good. And he will, you know, make things up to us and, and, and cause blessing to flow within our lives, help us in our understanding, bring grace to us in, in, a, in a wonderful kind of way. So what are we going to do? We're going to believe and we're going to be faithful and we're going to declare what it is that he has said because it's in fact true. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so it becomes important for us to understand that. Glory to God. So there's this lifestyle. But anyway, how did I get off on that? Oh, I was talking about thanking God for everything. And, and, uh, you know, I think about Paul and Silas. Remember there in Acts chapter 16? We we won't turn there. But in Acts chapter 16, um, he uh, was Paul and Silas, and it was actually Timothy and Luke. They were, the four of them were together and um, they were on their missionary journey. And, and as they were going through these different places, um, they, they went to Mysia and the Bible says that they intended to go to Bithynia and, and the Holy Ghost said, don't go there. 
And then he also spoke to them about not going into Asia. And so they ended up in a place called Troas. And when they were there, uh, Paul had a, a vision, a night vision, a dream. And there was a man of Macedonia saying, come over and help us. And they assuredly gathered that the Lord was leading them to go into Macedonia and preach the gospel. So they went to the city of Philippi. And they ended up there, they preached, and uh, they cast the devil out of this girl, and uh, it got them in trouble. Imagine that, setting a girl free, and then they get in trouble for it. And then, uh, so, so what happened is, is you know, uh, the principal individuals within the city, you know, conspired against them and said that they were teaching things that they shouldn't teach and all of this and that and the other, and especially um, uh, when it came to the doctrine, if you want to call it that, of Rome. And so what ended up happening is, is that they beat Paul and Silas till they almost killed them. Now, it's interesting because Timothy and Luke were there, but they didn't get the same kind of thing. Have you noticed that no matter what, Jewish people are always under fire by the devil? And, they, and he hates them because they are God's chosen people. So these two being Jews got, you know, um, well, whipped and beat, where uh, the other two, Timothy and Luke, uh, evidently missed out on it because they weren't Jewish. You know, Timothy was Greek, and I'm not sure about Luke, but uh, anyway, so my point to sharing all of that with you is they threw him in jail in the innermost part of the prison. Now, do you think that it would make any sense whatsoever for Paul and Silas to say, well, I'm so thankful that God threw us in jail. I'm so thankful we got the daylights beat out of us. You know, that would be stupid. It'd be ignorant, wouldn't it? Because God isn't the one that did that. Men did that to them. But the Bible says that when they got thrown in there at midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises unto God, prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. You know, and I'll guarantee you a bunch of prisoners were thinking to themselves, what in the world have they got to be praising God for? Huh? Well, what, what men don't realize is, is when things come against us the way that they do, it's not God being the author of those things. It's hell. It was hell that put them in jail. Now, it, you know, there are men that are used as instruments for that, but it wasn't God. Everybody say, it's not God. And the reason that's so important is, is because the devil wants you to believe that if God so loved you, then how come you're having to go through whatever hardships and difficulties that you're going through? But I'm telling you, there isn't anybody that's more for you than your heavenly father. And he is in fact on your, you say, but why does it take so long? Why this? Why that? Stop asking why and just settle on the fact he's on your side and for you and he's going to work it out. It might be just because of your own doubt and unbelief. And, and here's another thing that you're just going to love. But a lot of times we get in problems because of our own doing. I mean, it don't have nothing to do with the devil. It doesn't have to do nothing with anybody. We just aren't so bright. You know, I think back over life, you know, and, and really it was because it was a mistake of the head, not the heart. I just didn't know I was a knothead. 
And when you don't learn, and that's why it's so important for you to be in services and be a part of the, you know, body life of the church so that you can grow, you can come to know, you can understand because you're out there and the world is telling you all kinds of junk that's nothing but a lie, you know, and and you're being inundated and influenced by that. And so it grows, it becomes stronger, you know, and, and pretty soon, you know, you don't know what you believe. That's why you need the church. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You know, the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, without partiality, full of good things. You know, praise God, if you're not thinking along those lines and you're complaining and griping and I could use another word, you just need to stop it. Are you listening to me? Because all of that's not from God. Not one word of it. Are you listening to me? Amen. So if you've been complaining, just keep looking straight ahead. And don't let anybody know that I'm talking about you. Huh? God's not your problem. Now, thank God we can be thankful. Can you say amen? We can rejoice. Glory to God. Just like, just like Paul did. Now, I will have you turn uh, to this one. Turn to the uh, Acts of the Apostles chapter 4. Look at this. This is good. This is, you know, something similar in our conversation that we're talking about. Y'all glad you came today? Amen. Look at this with me here. You know, people say, well, how come the elections turn out the way they did? Who cares? You say, well, I do. Well, (laughs) let me help you out. It wouldn't have made any difference anyway. Are you listening to me? You know, what happened to our red wave or, you know, whatever. God, you know, people go through all kinds of stuff. And the reality is, is that we're approaching the end of this age. Jesus is standing on the threshold of his return. There are things that are going on that you and I don't understand. And I'm telling you this much about it. Keep your eyes and your ears and all of that off of that and keep them on him. And move forward. Do the will of God. Continue to grow. Build. Do whatever it is that you're doing. You know, move forward in the plan that God has for your life. And keep watching because he's coming again. Amen. They're going to do whatever they do. These are men and women, unfortunately, for the most part. I'm not, this is not a blanket statement. But they're corrupt. And they're full of the devil. Are you listening to me? And so they're influenced by those things where their life is concerned. So just understand it and move on. Are you, yeah, but you know, they're doing this and they're doing that. Listen, God will take care of you. Did you hear me? He'll take care of you. We don't have it as bad as, you know, when Nero, like uh, one of the speakers was, you know, dipping uh, people in oil and lighting them on fire and lighting up the city at night. Okay, so get happy. Are you with me? You know, uh, yeah. So that's all I got to say about that. Let's, let's, let's move on. Glory to God. They're going to do whatever it is they do. And... Uh, um, just let that be. Did you find uh, Acts chapter 4? Look this with me. Hallelujah. This is a situation where Peter and some of his company, um, they had uh, 
they were in the habit of going to prayer at the temple, you know, at the hour of prayer. There was a, a time that they uh, went there. And the Bible says that they went through the gate called Beautiful, and there was a man there that was impotent in his feet who had, the Bible says, uh, from his mother's womb, he had never walked. So he's in firm soul, and he was laying there, you know, to receive alms to get some money from anybody that would, you know, be merciful to him. And G, or, uh, Peter said, look on us. He said, I don't have any money, but I do have something else. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. The guy got up supernaturally, just like that was healed. The Bible says that they came in. He came leaping and walking and praising God. You would too, wouldn't you? There's nothing like being set free, just like we sang about today, you know. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And you've been redeemed. Maybe not a, a physical miracle that took place in your physical body, but thank God, spiritually speaking, you've been set free. Glory to God. There ain't no sound like a captive being set free. And that expression was born out in this man's life, man. I mean, he was stoked. And all these people that came for that hour of prayer, they knew, hey, look at there. That guy, he was you know, crawling around. Now he's running and walking and praising God. Well, you would think everybody would get excited about that. But the religious people and all of the leaders and the rulers of that day threw Peter in jail for it. They said, what are we going to do? Didn't we tell you not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus? They didn't even use his name. In that name. He said, whether it's right in the sight of God to obey you or not, you decide. But we cannot but speak those things which we have both seen and heard. Hallelujah. What do you do with that? Woo! That's awesome. You know? So they threw him in jail. Now, look here in chapter 4. Got you all prefaced up here. And notice with me in verse 23. It says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they all got really somber they all bowed their heads reverently, and they just kind of said, oh, God. No. It says they lifted up their voice unto God with one accord. Hallelujah. And said, Lord, you are God. Hallelujah. He went on then to say, which has made heaven, earth, and the sea, and all that in them is. Let's drop down to verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. I tell you what, we need some, some place-shaken prayer. Huh? The place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke, spoke the Word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. Now, they weren't lamenting over Peter having been thrown in jail. Huh? Oh, God, I know that this must somehow be your will, and so I'm sure that through this you'll be able to figure something out, you know, and whatever, and, you know, Peter will get a little more humble and this and that and the other. No, dude, he was in there, you know, just minding his own business. And I mean, it was a supernatural deliverance. Anyway, an angel came, kicked him. He was sleeping. Are you with me? Hey, get up. This is actually in another place in chapter 12, you know, because they killed um, James. 
And Herod seen that it had pleased uh, with the sword, and so they, Herod had seen that it pleased the Jews. So for political um, collateral, if you want to call it that, or whatever it is that he can gain, he took Peter, threw him in jail, and they were going to kill him. Peter's asleep, knowing that the next day, you know, might be the end. I'm telling you what, that's what I call peace. Huh? So the angel comes in, kicks him, smotes him, says, hey, stand upright on your feet. The Bible says that all of his bands fell off. Now, here's an important thing for you to understand. If you and I would learn, everybody say learn. If we would learn to be thankful more and express it verbally from our lips, a lot of the junk that tries to crawl on you wouldn't be able to. Huh? Because you'll note that in all of these circumstances, physically they were bound, but those shackles were broken. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, be all weird and whatever, but there is an absolute spiritual truth that when you praise God, the devil leaves. And that which tries to oppress and to bind cannot and is broken. But we are not in the habit as believers of being very good about praising God, thanking God, worshiping God, magnifying Him, hallelujah, over everything and anything, you know, that might be going on in our lives. Praying in other tongues. You, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost to keep you in the love of God. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. So there's, there's spiritual weapons, if you want to call it that, that are available to the believer. But if we, don't, you, if we don't do it, if we don't practice it, are you listening to me? And I, I'm not saying that you've got to become some monk, you know, someplace, and that's all you do. I'm just saying that as a way of lifestyle in your life, let's be conscious of his presence and let's magnify his name. Wouldn't that be all right? How many of you would agree with that? How many of you aren't sure? Okay, well, stay with me a little while. We'll keep talking. But we see from this scripture, at least, you know, this is what happened. So the point I want to make is, again, notice they weren't, you know, Peter wasn't blaming God. Huh? No, he wasn't blaming God at all. And God showed up or thinking that God was somehow, you know, wishing evil to come upon them and this and that and the other. No, it's the devil. The Bible said, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. I came so that you could have life and life more abundant. So we just have to settle on these things. But we're all going to be, <laughs> we're all going to be in battles through life. Jesus talked about the storms that would come, the wind, the rain, the floods. But you know, when you build your life on the rock of doing God's word, you'll still be standing when it's over with. How many of you like that concept? Hallelujah. And whatever the devil means for evil, God will turn into good for every one of us. So now here's another thing for us to understand. Unfortunately, uh, we live in a world that is unthankful. Don't let that rub off on you. Maybe it already has. Maybe you need to get your attitude kind of readjusted a little bit. Can you say amen? Amen. (laughs) Few people are saying amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, good. Because we live in an unthankful world. I I mentioned this to you before, but the Apostle Paul said, know this. Understand this. 
that, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men shall be men in a generic sense, shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boastful, I tell you what, hallelujah, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents. Now notice, unthankful and unholy. Are you with me? So we see it everywhere. It's everywhere. But that doesn't mean it's got to crawl off on you. I said it doesn't mean it's got to crawl off on you. Let me say that one more time. It does not mean that you, child of God, have to behave in that same manner. Okay? You just say, well, you know, see it for what it is and move on. The Bible says to love our enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing again. Your reward will be great, and you'll be the children of the highest. For he is kind to the unfaithful and or unthankful and the evil. See it there? Love your enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward will be great, and you'll be called the children of the highest. Why? Because you're acting like he is. He said, be like me. Huh? Be like me. Now, I know it's counterintuitive to your flesh. Huh? We want to knock them in the head. Huh? Am I in the right house, or am I the only one being honest? Sure. But that's not the way that we are to respond or to act. Because the Bible says that God is good. He causes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God is so merciful. He is amazingly merciful. You can think about your own life and how merciful he was to you. Are you listening to him? Well, he wants us to behave the same way. So you say, well, yeah, but how do you handle that when they mistreat you and mock you and do whatever, you know, and this and that and the other? You say, well, God bless them. Because they just don't know any better. Now, some of them, they have evil intent, and they are out to hurt, to kill, to steal, and destroy. There's no question about it. But the response should be the same. Can you say amen? Just as he said here, because God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. You know, I, I don't know about you. Can we just be a little bit transparent? I've thought about some of these people that are in leadership positions. I'm, you know, and I thought, well, God, can't you just like... Now, don't tell me that I'm the only one that thinks that. Huh? Sure. You know, like, zip, you know? What happens then? Problem's gone, at least we think. But yet, right on the other hand, God is so merciful, and he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to go to heaven. So he'll give them every benefit to try to make that happen. So even though we live in a, an unthankful world, thank God it doesn't have to be the case with us. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. We can live differently. I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes here about causes for thanksgiving. Uh, we have great reason as children of God uh, to rejoice and be thankful. The first thing we can thank God for is salvation. True salvation. You know, because the Bible says that salvation is of the Lord. In other words, it was his idea to send Jesus, to give him as a ransom so that you and I could call on the name of the Lord, recognize and acknowledge the sacrifice he made for us, and, and admit to the sinful nature that we have in our lives, and repent and ask God to save us by his grace and by his love and by his mercy. Amen? So salvation is something we can thank God for. I'll, I'll, let me read this scripture to you. They're going to put it up on the screen. I want you to read this because this is a <clears throat> when John 
had the revelation uh, in the book of Revelation, you know, and he was what it is that he was recording, what it is that he's seen. Think about this with me and, and think about what's going on here, man. I'm telling you what, you can get happy about this. Notice this in chapter uh, 7 of Revelation, verse 9. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, woo, which no man could number, now listen, of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues. Now, what, what does that tell you and I? There is no racism, there's no ethnic problems or anything in heaven. We have a lot of it here on this earth because hell is doing everything it can to pit people against one another. But listen, when you get to heaven, there ain't gonna be none of that. And while we're here, it should not be that way for you. Huh? I mean, who is it? You know, if you were born a Jew, I mean, what part or how did, what, who had anything to do with that? If your skin is brown or whatever color it is, who had anything to do with that? But we want to make an issue out of it because hell wants to make an issue out of it. So don't let yourself be sucked into. That's one of the reasons why we have this problem is hell is orchestrating all this nonsense. And people aren't smart enough to understand what's going on. Are you with me? But anyway, back to the good part. Let's go back there. Amen. So again, it says, of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God, which sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Well, if it's forever and ever, we might as well start now. Huh? We might as well get in on it. Amen. That way, when you get to heaven, you can say, yeah, man, I was praising God and thanking him and honoring him. Glory to God while I was on the earth. And now I'm just going to move over into this realm. And keep on doing what it is that's going to be done forever and ever. Hallelujah. You know, when you, when you, when you, when you position or, or posture yourself in a way like this, you don't even have time to think about all the junk that everybody else is thinking about. Why? Because your gaze is somewhere else. And I'm not talking about being so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But I'm telling you what, praise God, this is reality. This is what's, you know, before us. This is what's coming our way. And so we can thank God for the salvation that we now experience as children of God and glorify him. Amen? You can thank God for the promise of eternal life. Not only has he saved you, but he said you're going to live forever with him. Are you with me? And not only that, but you're going to be brought into the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to see him again. Hallelujah. The scripture says this, hallelujah, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence, for it is all for your sake. 
so that this, as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. You know, when people get saved, they get happy, and they're thankful, amen? Now, you've been saved, and you ought to stay happy and stay thankful. Huh? Yeah, but my life's not very good, or my life's this, or my life's that. Well, thank God your life is subject to change. Are you listening to me? It can be different. You find out what the will of God is, and you start walking in that direction, and you start watching him do only what he can do. So I can tell you this much about it. Uh, Listen, there ain't no doom and gloom in your future. Poof, boom, hallelujah. It's gonna be awesome. And it can be awesome right now, glory to God. If you got something to look forward to, you tend to be a little more happy. Huh? But if we get our focus, you know, diverted to other things in the temporal and the right here and the right now, well, then it's, it's a bunch of funk, you know? And so it's important for us to keep our eyes where they belong. You can thank God. We're talking about things you can thank God for. Salvation, eternal life, being brought into the presence of Jesus. You can thank God for the sacrifice of Jesus that makes your redemption complete. Everybody say, it is finished. Yeah, it's finished, man. He's did everything that he needs to do. Look at this scripture. Turn with me to Colossians uh, chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Stay with me. I can tell right now you're starting to faint in your minds. (laughs) You'd be surprised how people affect what happens from the pulpit. You know, people disconnect, you might as well just, you're done. So, so hang in there a little bit more. You say, yeah, but I'm about OD'd. It's all right. Just let her happen. It'll be okay. Stay with me for just a little bit here. Colossians uh, uh, chapter 1, and we're talking about the complete work of your redemption. There isn't anything that you have to do. There isn't anything you can do. Are you with me? Our whole lives are taken completely out of a program of works as though we might then deserve something. We don't deserve anything. Are you listening to me? The Bible teaches good works, but it's works through the grace that we understand that we have in Him. Are you listening to me? And the reason I point this out to you is there's a lot of people trying to work their way to heaven. Well, I'm a good person. I've been baptized in water. I'm a member of the church. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. None of it matters. Isn't it sad that people have been led to believe these things and none of it, not one iota of it matters. Thank God for church membership. Thank God for water baptism. Thank God, you know, for whatever it is, you know, that, uh, you know, we may speak of, but at the end of the day, it's really all about him and your relationship with him or not having a relationship with him through your heart. So notice this. Uh, verse, verse 12, first chapter Colossians, giving thanks. Hmm, Paul, you, you seem to be trying to tell us something. Yeah, giving thanks. Everybody say giving thanks. Amen. Come on, don't, don't leave me. Come on. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or able or who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah. Who has delivered us. 
hallelujah, from the power or authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. I was never so glad to know the consciousness of sin left me when I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Are you listening to me? I was fully aware of who I was, but thank God he changed me from the inside out. He made me a new creation in him. Can you say amen? The Bible says also in another place, as you've therefore received Christ the Lord, walk in him. Hallelujah. Well, I just can't do that. Yeah, you can. You can do all things through Christ. Use your will. Choose. Decide. You say, yeah, but, you know, there's this, there's that. Well, praise God, overcome it. Become more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Hallelujah. So he says here, as you've received him, walk in him, rooted and built up and established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding therewith again, thanksgiving. Now listen to this, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete. Everybody say, I'm complete. Yeah, you're complete in him who is the head of all principality. Why do I bring that up? Because people are always beating themselves up. They get help. Well, you're not this, you're not that. You should have done this, should have done that. You know, I mean, if you were, whatever, you know, look at them. I mean, they really seem to have it going on. You know, this whole conversation that takes place in the minds of people, dude, listen to me. I'm telling you that Jesus did everything necessary for you to be complete in him. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Are you listening to me? So what's that do for you? That, that puts you in a position, praise God, to be free from the bondage of working your way into a relationship with God. Does that make sense to you? Amen? He already knows all about you. Knows about your junk, knows about all your messed upness and all that. And thank God, you know, you can just fall on the mercy of God and say, God, you know me better than I do. Fix me. And he said, that's what I'm trying to do. Hallelujah. But it puts it in a different uh, place. Does that make sense? To where you're not trying to work your way into heaven. You know, I just had a conversation with a person that I don't know that they know the Lord. Maybe they do. But, you know, the conversation was, <clears throat> it was less than, than um, I would say it was with, just without hope. And I say that in the context that we were talking about, you know, God and things like that. And of course, whenever anybody gets around me and they know I'm a pastor, then they all, they, they you know, they get like Keith Cobb said, they get this modified Boris Karloff kind of, you know, and start talking religious and, and get all weird. <laughs> you have to get weird. Well, you know, we just never know, you know, and, and. Obviously, I was in a crowd, and I'm not going to get into a big conversation with this guy about try, trying to straighten out his theology. No, but I'm telling you what, you guys, we have so much to live for, so much hope that can be in our lives because of what it is that he has done. You can wake up every morning and say, oh, God, I am so excited about what you're going to do today. 
Amen. Lord, lead me into the path that you have for me. Hallelujah. Let it be the adventure that God intended it to be. God's not boring. He's excited. He's got plans for you, for me, for all of us. And thank God we ought to look at it just that way. Can you say amen? Then finally, I'll just give you one more here because I know you're ready to go. We can thank God for victory. And not only that, but the abundant life that he came to give us. Jesus said, I came. One of the purposes, many, you know, one purpose, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. How many of you think he got that accomplished? Yes, he did. Hallelujah. And not only that, but he delivered us from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And then he said, another reason that I came is so that you can have life and life more abundant. God wants you to have an abundant life, dude. I was listening to Joyce Meyer, you know, she talks about, you know, growing up in a uh, sexually abused home and messed up. I mean, messed up. And she was talking about how that she had to take care of her parents, you know, and, and God wanted her. How many of you think she felt like doing that? Number one, he abused her sexually. And number two is her mother let him do it. And now she's, she's tasked with taking care of him. Now, you know, in the natural, you'd say to yourself, I ain't taking care of nothing. I don't, they, don't, they don't deserve it. I don't owe them anything, you know, all these things. And for 13 years, that woman took care of those two people. She said, you know, I'll be honest with you, it lasted a lot, lot longer than I wanted it to. <laughs> and, he, and the other thing that she said was, she said, you know, um, I got to tell you that every time I went to visit them, not once did I want to go. She said, I went because I knew it was right. Are you listening to me? You know, so so we all have these challenges, but God wants you to, to live bigger. He wants you to live on a different level. And so you have to think differently. You have to see what it is like we've talked about so that you can't have victory. You're not a victim, you're a victor. But the world preaches victim. You're not this, you're not that. You've been mistreated, you missed out. You have these rights, all these things. You don't know, the world doesn't owe you anything. And yes, it's to be regretted, all of the hell that people have lived through and had to deal with and all of that. But I'm telling you what, you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and you can move forward. God is able to redeem whatever it is that you once lived in or had a part of or the mistakes that you made or the hurt and the harm and the pain and all of it. He's done that for you. You say, well, I sure don't feel it. Well, listen, it's not about the way you feel. It's about what he said. And when you and I decide, I'm believing him in spite of. I mean, I think about that woman, Joyce Myers. Man, you talk about being elevated. You talk about being lifted up in a different realm and profile. Most people in her case would end up in ruin. God only knows where they would have ended up. And look what God has done for that woman. She's almost 80 years old, preaching her guts out. And I'm telling you what, people are listening. You know, tell me the next time you get to fill an auditorium with eight, 10,000 people. It's amazing. But that's what God will do. But it happened because this woman made choices. 
I don't know how come me to get off on her, but I guess it works. You got to make some good choices. You got to stop feeling sorry for yourself. You got to stop thinking about how bad you've got it. You've got to, you know, all this mistreatment stuff, you know, that you think about, all of these different kinds of things. You got to stop thinking that way because you're corkscrewing yourself into the ground and you don't know what it is he's already done for you. Are you listening to me? And so you just have to say, it's not going to be this way. Are you with me? That woman that crawled to Jesus with the issue of blood, you know, she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She didn't have any help. Nobody was assisting her. You know, as a matter of fact, she wasn't even supposed to be out there, but she went anyway, and she made her way. And that Syrophoenician woman, you know, she had a, a, what was it, a daughter that was jacked up and oppressed of the devil. And, and Jesus, you know, he almost tried to sell her off on the thing. She said, he said, I'm not, I'm not sent to anyone except the lost sheep of Israel. She said, yeah, but Lord, even the dogs lick up the crumbs that are on the floor. She said, I'm not trying to be anybody anywhere, but I'm here because I need your help. And pow, everything changed for that woman. And the same thing can happen to you. But I tell you what, you got to stop thinking stupid and listening to the devil about how bad you have it. And I understand, listen, it's everywhere. It's in the water that we drink, the air that we breathe. I mean, it's being peddled as a narrative everywhere. That is not you. I said that is not you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So you make a decision to drive a stake in the ground and you're not going to listen to this nonsense anymore because it's being proliferated through everything, radio, television, you name it, social media, all these things. Say, well, what would you do? Maybe you ought to shut some of that stuff off. Huh? People say, are you on Facebook? I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to, no. You know, if I want to sell something, I got to talk to my son and say, hey, man, put this on there for me. You know? I don't think I've missed a thing. Huh? I don't know, you know. I don't know about it. You know, people say, well, you know, you're just kind of old, you know, and this and that and the other, you know, and you're from a different generation. Yep, kind of like it. You think of all the harm that social media has done to people. Things that have been said that are untrue. And uh, kids losing their, taking their lives. You know, that's hell. That's what that is. Are you with me? So, uh, I didn't share either of those scriptures with you, did I? Okay, look at these scriptures. We're going to read two scriptures and then we're going to quit. Okay? You say you promise? Yes, I promise. <laughs> Actually, I got another one, but I won't. <clears throat> Talking about thanking God for victory, here's one. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. Now, thanks be unto God who what? Always. Is it up there? No. Thanks be unto God who always. Everybody say always. always. Who always. Say it one more time. Always. Who what? Always. always causes us 
to triumph in Christ Jesus. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God. Now thanks be to God. Now thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Who gives us the victory. Why am I thanking God? Because I got the victory. Hallelujah. Huh? So thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that the labor that you have, you know, when you love the unlovely dude, that's a labor of love, isn't it? Praise God. And the Bible says that none of that's ever in vain in the Lord. You'll be blessed. Stand with me. Otherwise, I won't stop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, let's uh, bow your heads for just a moment. Glory to God. I got a better idea. Let's just lift one hand up toward heaven. And I want you to think about your life in him. And I just want you to begin to thank him. Praise God. Just give him glory. No, I know life isn't perfect. And there may be some, you know, rough spots and different things. But I'm telling you what, praise God. There are things in your life you can rejoice in and be glad for. Hallelujah, Father. We just rejoice in you today. We thank you, Father, for your grace and blessing in our lives. Father, we're thankful for what it is you've done. The salvation you provided. Eternal life that is ours coming our way. Hallelujah. We'll never ever have to sorrow again. Glory to God. And we'll be in your presence. We thank you for the redemption that we have in you and the victory that you provided for us as your children. Oh, Father, how grateful, how grateful, how grateful, how grateful we are. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes, for your goodness and mercy. Yes, that abounds, it abounds, it abounds, it abounds, it abounds. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's just wait on him for a moment. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With earnest yearning, the Spirit of God says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. For there is a place in me that causes there to be joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yes, the future is bright. Many are the things that await the child of God that are beyond words. So please rejoice in me and and see what it is that I will do in these last days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and just praise him a little bit more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Praise God. You know, if you've had a hardship, go ahead and keep praising God. But if you've had a hardship, now is the place, praise God. You drive the stake in the ground by beginning to praise him right where you are right now with the challenges that you have. Hallelujah. You put the devil on notice. There's not going to be any more of this nonsense that you're moving forward where your life is concerned. And his grace is going to be sufficient not only to bring you out, praise God, but to put you over and give back to you everything and more that the devil has attempted to take from you. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, receive. Receive what it is he offers you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, while every head's bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, praise God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we are so ever grateful for our lives, the lives that we have in you. Father, help us to live honorably, to live up to that which you have provided for us. May we do it by your grace. And God, I thank you for strengthening every man, woman, even child that may be here this morning, strengthening them with might by your spirit in their inner man. Help us, Father, to live out of our innermost being and to rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. You can all look up here. Hallelujah. I want to, again, just admonish you. That's, that's the best way that I know um, to exhort you to change your pattern where your praise and your worship of the Father is concerned. There's 168 hours in a week. You guys are being inundated by junk a good number of those hours. So it isn't just a little five-minute deal, you know, here where we just, you know, pause. you need to take time to be with him. Jesus, you know, we can look at the pattern of lifestyle that he had. And I'm not suggesting you have to do this, but you know, there were times when he got done with a day's worth of ministry and he went out to be alone and he spent the whole night out there being with God. Because why? Because he needed it. I mean, all of hell was assailed against him. And then the next day, man, he'd get up and giddy up and get going. Well, what's that mean to you? Well, principally, if we'll just take some time to worship God. And I'm not, I, I mean, you know, even if it's 20 minutes or a half hour or whatever, get alone with God and just worship him, magnify him. If you're filled with the spirit, speak, pray in other tongues, build yourself up on your most. In other words, there are things that have been given to us, tools to be used. Hallelujah. And shake this oppressive junk off of you. Are you listening to me? And I believe that if you'll do that, you'll be blessed. 
All right, let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I receive your word to my heart. I thank you for strengthening me to be that person that you've made me to be. I know, Lord, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So I thank you, Lord, for victory in my life in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you.